0: Right, Marley.
1: Yeah, I'm absolutely not in um, my living room. I'm here on the beach getting a tan, so I'm, I'm enjoying this very much. <laughs> we
0: haven't been around each other in a while in the sports department. We're just like talking. <laughs> we just get a sense, to, a chance to talk, which we haven't been able to do. Yeah. We've all been isolated a little bit, so it's kind of nice to just talk. Welcome to the WCIA 3-in-1 Sports Podcast. Brett Barron's in the studio here along with Craig Schott and Marley Weirda. They are working remotely once again and we're trying this on Zoom today for those of you just listening to the podcast and all of our podcast players. Thanks so much for tuning in. So guys, for you on video though, Craig and Marley, why don't you say hello because we're going back and forth and your backdrop, Craig. I, I love that on Masters Weekend here.
2: Yeah, I had my tickets. I, I flew down here. I'm the only one at the course. I don't know where everybody else is at, but no one came to Augusta National for the Masters. I'm mean, here on the
0: 12th hole, par three, but uh, it's kind of lonely. I, I, hey, I would take being on the 12th hole at Augusta right now compared <laughs> to being where we're at. You know, It's got to be nice down there, I assume. Even if there was no one there, I would just go and sit for a day just to walk around the course. I don't know. I, I know, Marley, you feel the same way, but you're a, you're in Miami, right, Marley?
1: Absolutely not in um, my living room. I'm here on the beach getting a tan, so I'm I'm enjoying this very much.
0: <laughs> hey, I think we take being on the beach right now as well compared to all of this. It's crazy times, and we've been working remotely here for Marley. Is this four weeks for you now? I think it is, right? A full month.
1: I think it's almost almost four weeks, which it doesn't feel like it at all. Honestly, it's kind of been going by pretty fast. Um, but yeah, it's it's kind of nuts to to not actually see your face or Craig's face and and just be here at home and, and be doing all my interviews remotely. Um, I recently made a standing desk for myself, which I was so excited about because I feel I just I hate sitting down all day. I don't know. I feel super lazy when I do it, so I put uh, a shoe rack on top of my desk so I could stand and do my work. Because obviously, getting into this line of work. I never expected it to be a a desk job. You know, I'm always out and shooting and filming and doing stuff like that. And now I'm kind of like just sitting at home, which is odd. So now I have a standing desk and it's nice.
0: (laughs) I think that's been the oddest part for me is we're so used to going out and getting content and now all the content is just done remotely. We haven't done in-person interviews in weeks here and that's by design. We're trying to do our best to social distance as well. And so you know, for me in the newsroom, there's nobody in there most of the time if, if there are just a few people. And so for me, it's been very odd to not take the camera out of the building. Craig, how have you kind of managed all of that and this different feeling? I mean, I've been in this business a decade and it's truly one of a kind right now.
2: Yeah, probably my favorite part of the job is grabbing a camera and going to a basketball, football, baseball game and shooting video and I haven't touched a camera in a month so um definitely miss uh, just going to a high school softball game we would be coming up on postseason play here in a couple of weeks for high school's baseball and softball and we're not more than likely IHSA hasn't said it's canceled but we're more, we're more than likely not going to get the chance to do that and I just love going out to games and shooting video and seeing people and talking to these athletes and um it, it's kind of taken its toll i'm not gonna lie i was earlier today i was telling someone "I'm." it's taking its toll i'm kind of in a bad mood because i can't go do anything yeah i can go outside and walk around but i want to go somewhere i want to go to a game and i want to see something happening and there's just nothing happening right now
0: wait i thought you were Augusta like though craig
2: so rusty when we
1: come back we're gonna like go to shoot something and forget how to use the camera i feel like i'm i'm losing my touch even I, I went to get groceries the other day, and I almost – not like I forgot how to drive, but I was like, oh, it's been a while. It's, it's so weird.
0: Craig, I thought you were at Augusta, though.
1: <laughs> In my dreams, I'm at Augusta. Yeah,
0: right? I think – hey, we would just take watching it on TV. And this is maybe the sign of the times, guys. And, Marley, I know you're not a huge golf fan, but they're replaying – I think it's the 2004 Masters – tomorrow on saturday with phil in his first green jacket and then last year's masters when tiger won of course in the big you know hula that he was able to win again at augusta i'm looking forward to that just like having something on tv even though it's a replay i watched it last year we already know what happens for me craig it's just like hey this is exciting there's masters golf on tv there's something to be entertained by for a couple hours
2: See, I'm I'm not like that. I tried that with the NCAA tournament and the replays that they were doing, and it did nothing for me. I really? didn't I watched a couple of them, and I was like, all right, I'm, this isn't for me. So honestly, I haven't watched any of the master replays. I'm probably not going to watch. I might watch Sunday just because last year, Tiger winning was one of my the coolest sports moments that I can remember. So I might watch a little bit on Sunday, but um, the old replays just don't do it for me. Really? Because there's
1: no there's no anticipation. You know yeah. what's going to happen. I feel like that's the favorite thing that I love about sports. Is like it's it's you know two minutes left on the clock, a one point game. Like what's going to happen? That's what for me, and I think a lot of other sports fans love is just like waiting to see what happens in that moment. Sports, you watch them live. You don't really you know watch watch the replay. So I I, I agree. I hate I hate watching reruns because you know what's going to happen, and it, it takes the fun out.
0: And I agree with you guys on that. The thing that I can't agree with is that it's been a month of isolation and doing things differently and this social distancing. And by this point, I'm just ready for something on TV, even, even if, if I, I, know I know what it, it is. And for me, the, movie, the masters, masters holds so much, much. Uh, prestige, and it's just the tournament that I look forward to watching every year. You know, for me, it's like, okay, there might be a couple of tournaments before this I'll turn into, but you know, on a weekend or even during the week, it's like, oh, I got to check the scores. Once Masters Week comes around, I'm like, hey, where can I get the stream of the 12th hole so I can watch on Thursday at you know 12 o'clock during lunch or something? I don't know. And I, I feel like I'm maybe in the minority of that just a little bit for some people, even golf fans but you know, the masters for me is just a, a big moment of the year like hey spring is here it's masters time i'm ready to get out and golf i'm ready to to get pumped up so i don't know it's all good but I, I do agree with you guys that you mentioned there in terms of the ihsa with every passing day that goes by i just have a harder time believing that this optimism that the ihsa is trying to express which look i appreciate that they're trying to be optimistic with these kids but i think we all know and i think the kids are starting to figure it out from the couple interviews that i've done with some high school players it's this this is just not gonna happen and that's unfortunate and i feel terrible for those kids
1: yeah it's um for a lot of them it's it's the end of the road for those that aren't going on to to college like this was their last shot to 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 play their sport uh i talked to kenley nettles um this week the arthur lovington atwood hammond track and field athlete and she um you know she was staying really positive that they they still would be able to have their season and i think you know that's the only thing you can do you know i don't think any of them any of the high school athletes are really gonna like give up and be like oh yeah whatever you know screw it we're not gonna have a season i'm just gonna not train i mean for her she's going to iowa so she's you know trying to to keep up with in that sense. But, um, I, you know, the positivity and, and the optimism is, is refreshing. I know she really wanted her chance to go and, and compete for, for five more state medals. It was she had her eye on. So, um, it's definitely disappointed just Dis- disappointing for, you know, athletes like her who, um, had the chance to, you know, break these, these school records and, and likely just won't get, get the chance.
0: And that's disappointing, and it, it really is unfortunate, but it's not like that there are some kids that are competing and some not. I mean, everyone's in the same grouping, and, and that's just kind of what we're dealing with here in 2020. And 20 years from now, I think we're going to still be talking about this and remember this for maybe some negative reasons for us sports fans. The reality is it's way bigger than sports. And so, you know, last night Illinois had the the blue light shining at Memorial Stadium and State Farm Center. That was great to see as we continue just to support all the frontline workers and, and medical personnel as they're trying to battle COVID-19. All right, we've been talking for a few minutes here, guys. We haven't even brought up Kofi Coburn or Io DeSumo yet. Kofi, I think, shocks a lot of us this week when he announces that he is declaring for the NBA draft after just a freshman season. Craig, what were your initial thoughts when you saw that this week?
2: Initial shock, yes, but it only was shocking for about 30 seconds because a guy like that, he's going to go to the NBA soon probably after next year and so with the rules today where you can declare yourself you can get evaluated you can get all of that feedback and the people who you care most to hear from the people in the nba can tell you all right we don't think you're ready but if you do this this and this go back to college and do those things you can come back next year so you'd be stupid not to go through that opportunity and go through that process so, everyone's freaking out, oh, Kofi declared for the NBA draft. I, I mean, I looked at the ESPN full mock draft, all 60 picks. He's not on there. Io's not on there. I looked at the big board, the rankings. Io's the 84th ranked player in this class by ESPN, and Kofi's not even in the top 100. So, the likelihood that both of them are coming back, I think is pretty high, honestly. with The longer it goes, the more I think I as far as the Kofi decision we're talking right now, it's not a surprise. He's going to go to the NBA. He's going to come back to Illinois next year. With all of the knowledge of what he needs to work on, he's going to work on it, and he's probably gone after next year. And I, agree.
1: I think the, the part that shocked everyone was you know, just the, the message that he put out on on his Instagram or where he posted it because it, it really seemed like he was he was saying a, a farewell you know he thanked the fans he thanked the coaches and um, I mean Brett you talked to him before he he came to Illinois and he said that he wanted to be a one and done player so I think maybe that's more concerning like I get where he's at where he which absolutely you should do you should go and get evaluated and, and know what what it takes to to go to the next level but it was concerning where he he positioned it as as a farewell as as a goodbye
0: and let's break this down because this is interesting to me and i think there's so many different dynamics in this that play a part into it and i think you're both spot on with with what you're saying here and this is what makes it all very interesting to me is he ready for the nba today craig the answer is absolutely not There's a reason he's not on the top 100 board now. Maybe he just declares this week and surprise some people, and maybe he just wants to get evaluated. And he should. I, I think he should get that opportunity. You can only declare for the draft twice, but he knows that next year he's gonna, you know, pretty much go anyway. And I think that's what most everybody was assuming that he would come back and continue to develop some skills, continue to develop a jump shot, continue to develop maybe some other portions of his defense and and guarding some ball screens and and some different things that he was really exposed on this year at the same point is his stock going to be better next year i think it has the potential to but he's big 10 freshman of the year he averages 13.3 points per game 8.8 rebounds per game this season really showed his potential and what he could do and he's only been playing basketball for a handful of years i understand it from both senses craig my my hesitation Hesitation in all of this and i've been asked a lot this week by several different people what's kofi gonna do and marley you brought brought it up right there there. it It wasn't wasn't leaving the door open to come back back. and And maybe maybe that that was his intent maybe it wasn't but a kid that's that's coming from jamaica Jamaica, and he told me he didn't have a great upbringing upbringing. his dad died when he was younger he wants to provide for his mom who came to the states ahead of him look all of these things i think play a part i'm i'm Almost under the assumption, Craig, that he's just going to go because he wants to make some money, and maybe that is in the G League. And maybe that's yeah. fine with him.
2: Yeah, I mean, you can't fault him for that. I'm never going to fault a kid who wants to make money and start their career for going and starting their career. If that's what he wants to do, that's what he wants to do. Um, as far as his stock goes, um, I think there is, to a certain extent, his stock probably might not be, go up very much just because a guy like Kofi Coburn doesn't fit in the NBA right now. So, like, like no one is drafting the big 7-foot, 300-pound guys because they don't fit in the game where everyone wants to shoot threes. So, honestly, his stock probably can't go up too much than what it came from, than what, it, than what he did this year. So, maybe that's what he's looking at, is that, okay, I don't fit in the NBA, might as well go now, whereas if I'm not drafted, I might not get drafted next year either. So, it's interesting. I, I don't think he's ready, but... I can see where he would want to stay in because it's getting paid to play basketball, and I'm not going to fault him for that.
0: No, and I don't think anyone's going to fault a guy for going to make some money, right? Like, hey, if you have that potential, and if he gets just one team to buy into him, and if he gets that into some evaluations, like, hey, we have an extra draft pick in the second round, we're going to take it on you, we want to develop you. Because, look, I mean, the NBA draft, for what? I don't know, put a number on it. 75% Seventy five percent of the guys, maybe that's a little high, fifty percent of the guys, it's all developmental anyway. You know, like especially in the second round guys, right? Like, hey, we'll just throw a, a pick at it. Maybe it sticks, maybe it doesn't. And if if we throw a million dollars at him, whatever, that's fine. I mean, what's that to a NBA team? It's not like it's that big of a deal. But for Kofi, that'd be life changing money, right? And I feel like it's different than IO in that sense, where Io's looking maybe more long term, and I don't want to speak for IO or Kofi because we haven't talked to them direct talk to them directly, but like, you know, I have, I have this sense that Io's playing like more of a long term thing. If if you handed Kofi a million dollars right now, I feel like he would just be like, Yeah, I'm I'm good with that, you know, let's go develop and see what happens. Marley, how do you kind of assess with that, not trying to put, you know, words in their mouth?
1: right and i feel like um kind of going off what craig said is that you you can't blame them for wanting to go and make money and especially since we're in such an uncertain time period for all we know the landscape of the nba could could change completely i mean they're already talking about pushing the draft back so i i don't know there's um the xfl got suspended and they said they they were likely not going to pick it up in 2021 so what if you know um, kind of like these these secondary leagues, like the G leagues, almost dissipate as, as a result of, of this pandemic. I think uh, you know if they have the chance, they they should take it. Um, and I, I do think that's that's probably what's on their mind. And uh, like you said, Kofi, if he's um, you know in a position where he he needs to go and and make some money, he definitely should. And I think uh, just in in uncertain times, um, that's probably where where their mind's at and and what they kind of want
0: to do. And I think all top 50 prospects say they're one and done, right? Craig, I remember when we talked to Io, he said he wanted to be a one and done, you know, and that's fine. I think every, especially top 30 prospects, and both Io and Kofi were kind of right on that bubble, a little bit outside. They, they all think they can be a one and done. Now, the realistic side of it is that's not necessarily the case most of the time. Um, Craig, how much in your eyes does this – indecisiveness of if there's going to be a combine, not if it's going to be delayed, but if there's going to be a combine at all. And if the NBA draft I read today isn't until August, how much does that play into these guys' decisions in your mind?
2: Um, I think for, the, for that stuff, I, I think it affects the college programs even more. Because if, if Brad Underwood doesn't know his roster until late July, August, I mean, that's that's troublesome because practices start about a month later. So um, that's where I think those issues come into play. As far as the players go, um, they probably just get get a better feel for what the outcome could be. Uh, The longer it goes, the more people you can hear from and say, you know, we might take that late round flyer on you or we might. Um, give you this feedback, and it might be best for you to stay in college. So I think the longer it goes, the more
0: feedback they can get and the better decision they can make. And I, don't
2: but
1: I think there's also, um, you know, this is, this could be like a positive thing for the program, but a lot of negative things as well. Because, okay, let's say, you know, Kofi goes to the NBA next season, you know, Brad Underwood can, can position it like, okay, look, we, we developed this, this one-and-done players, it'll probably bring in more – four or five-star recruits, but at the same time, programs are usually built around players that are there for three or four years. So in that sense, you know, if, if I was gone, if Kofi's gone, I I'm pretty sure Brad Underwood was probably planning for, for Kofi to be there at least another year. Um, and then this, I think this affects Adam Miller as well. If he has, Um, The regular signing period hasn't started yet, but I think that's in a couple weeks. Um, But he has till the beginning of August, August 1st, to sign. Uh, And then if the NBA draft gets pushed back to August, whatever, that just lights everything on fire and can cause for, you know, just so, like, what if, okay, Io goes to the draft, but then Adam Miller doesn't sign and, and goes elsewhere. I think there could be so many issues that arise uh because of this and just all of the postponements and the uncertainty and it's stressful
0: (laughs) right and the biggest thing to me guys is okay let's say they push the draft back to august 1st let's just put a date on it okay are they also going to push back the declared date i think that will be a big determining factor in this so right now it's june 3rd right they have to be declared whether they're going to stay or come back by june 3rd but let's say that that date doesn't change well that also provides some leeway for you know all these college programs to know what they're going to do at that time now if that changes and that draft day is 10 day or that uh declare date which i believe is 10 days before the actual draft if that doesn't change and that's still 10 days before the actual draft that's where we're going to have a whole lot of problems here because these college coaches are going to put up a huge stink they're not going to know who they're going to have on their team by that time and, and i think that's really going to be a game changer. The interesting thing, and I was thinking about this on the way in today, if you're Kofi Coburn and you're looking at, let's just take the other Big Ten centers or the other Big Ten forwards around the league, I don't know if I'm taking, if I'm an NBA team, are you taking Kofi ahead of Luka Garza? Are you taking him ahead of Daniel Aturu? You're certainly not taking him ahead of Jalen Smith. I mean, when you start to look around the league, are you taking him, you know, ahead of Xavier Tillman? I'm curious your guys' thoughts. Craig, you go first on like, where does he stack up even in the Big Ten for the next level?
2: Yeah. Um, Oturu, Garza, Tillman, Smith. Um, I mean, those are all guys that have better pro projections than Kofi, probably because they can step out and they can shoot from some beyond the arc. And that's something that Kofi can't do. So, I think he has to take that into consideration that he's already the 6th, 7th, 8th option in the Big Ten. He also has to look at that like, okay, well, if that's the case in this NBA draft, if I come back to Illinois next year, that means I'm one of the top two, three, maybe the best host player in the Big Ten. So I think he has to evaluate all of those options before he makes his decision to stay or to um, pull his name out.
1: I mean, he's great in the post, but the guy can't make a, a jump shot to, to save his life. I mean, I saw maybe, like, one or two distinct, like, mid-range jumpers that I can remember. And I, I think he, he needs that to go uh, to the NBA. And and especially when he's going to be on so much more of, I guess, a level playing field with them Because, yeah, okay, he's one of the – he's the biggest guy on the team he's one of the the bigger guys in the big 10 but when you go to the nba that's that's everyone you're playing that everyone has the same level as you and he's pretty much at the bottom of the totem pole when it comes um in that sense so i think you know it's i what was even the question i forgot i'm like rambling on this
0: we were just talking but, about how you he, compare. He has
1: a lot to work on uh, before going to the NBA compared to, you know, just the other Big Ten players. He's he's definitely up there freshman of the year. And, of course, when he's, he's playing teams like Nickel State and Lyndon Wood and these teams, the non-high major teams, obviously he's going to put up 20-plus points, but we didn't even get to see him outside of like high major big 10 teams they didn't go to the tournament so who knows how he was going to perform against you know the sec the pac-12 teams that you know have some some good players as well so i think um he kind of missed that in a sense to to showcase what he could have done at the higher level um which i feel like was a little bit of step of a stepping stone to get to the even higher level which is you know the pros and, and the nba
0: and i think that's a big missed opportunity for both io and kofi they needed a stage to go out and play and and face some other competition than the big 10 in in a more recent setting not just you know the non-conference play that's three months old at this point but you know if i'm an nba team and with where the nba is now i mean i don't think i can pick kofi even ahead of xavier tillman you know and and that it's not a knock against kofi i just think there's a different sense and a different style of game in the nba and i'm just not sure where he fits on that and that leads us into io to Are you guys surprised, Marley? Are are you surprised that he hasn't said anything yet? It's April 10th at 3.15 p.m. right now. You know, I would have expected at least some kind of announcement by now. Where do you guys stand on that?
1: Yeah, I was surprised that we heard from Kofi at all. And first of all, that it was Kofi um, before Io. But at the same time, I kind of know he likes to plan these like grand uh announcement type things with the the directed videos and um all those kind of edits i mean we saw that when he uh, announced that he was coming back to illinois um for another season so maybe there's just some kind of you know video in the works that he's like waiting to release at the right moment he probably has made his decision yet but it's a matter of um if how he's going to to announce it and and tell
0: everyone, Craig, what about you? Are you surprised he hasn't said anything yet?
2: Well, that's what I was just looking up on my phone. Uh, last year he announced he was coming back on April eighteenth so eighteenth uh, or nineteenth, one of those days. So we're still uh, about a week away from when he made his decision last year, but like Marley said, He released that video last year that had some production value to it. So he, he knew his decision before he announced that. So he's probably getting to his decision right now, but that might last year, we were under normal circumstances this year, everything's just so unknown. Um, I think he might wait until up, up until the last, if he's, if he's doesn't have a clear cut decision in his mind, I think he might wait up until the last minute now, if he's leaning one way or another, if he knows his decision, then why wait? Um, I think the longer that it goes out, the more he had to wrestle with the decision of what to do.
0: And I expect him to declare for the draft, keep his options yep. open and get that feedback. Cause I think that feedback is huge. My concern for both of these guys is if there's no combine, they don't have a chance to go show against some of these other guys. And that's saying that Kofi would even get invited to the combine guys. I mean, it's not, there's a hundred guys minimum that are going to declare for the nba draft that doesn't mean everyone's going to the combine you know you have to get invited to the combine i'm pretty confident io would Mm
2: -hmm.
0: fairly very confident in that look i'm not sure kofi would even get that invite and if he didn't then he would have to do some individual workouts which i would do anyway even if you don't go to the combine teams will still fly you in to do individual workouts or whatever else and that's fine and we should put the preface on this because I got asked this question more than anything else, I think, this week. You can hire an agent and come back, right? Mm-hmm. I think mean, some people are still it has under the be old. to
2: approved agent.
0: Correct. And I think that's where people are freaking out is like, look, if he hires an agent, he's not coming back. That's not necessarily true. And so, you know, they can still hire an agent as long as they're NCAA approved and, and come back, and that's fine. Um, but it's just like you said, Craig, there's so many unknowns here. And I think that complicates this on so many different levels and uh, just right out of the box here, right out of the gate without thinking about it. What do you think right now? Does IO and Kofi come back? Does one or the other come back? How do you see this shaking out right now?
2: I don't know. (laughs) Not an option,
0: Craig. You got to pick one or the other.
2: I think if, if I'm, if I'm them, I'm coming back.
0: No, but what do you if think I were
2: they're going to do? Shoes. If I was in their shoes, I would come back. I think that's a smart choice. But with so much uncertainty, I know Shannon Ryan did a story, Chicago Tribune. She talked to Kofi's brother, and I think one of his um, sound bites or one of his quotes was, with everything going on right now, if you have an opportunity – you have to take advantage of the opportunity because you never know what tomorrow can bring. And that kind of put a lot in perspective. I mean, is Kofi an NBA player in the future? Yes. So why not take advantage of it right now? Is Io an NBA player? Absolutely. Absolutely. Love it. So uh, (laughs) why not take advantage of it now? So do I think they come back? I think one comes back.
0: I don't think both come back if I'm talking from the head. Yeah. Marley, I, what do you think?
1: I think it would be really interesting if Io comes back and Kofi doesn't. That would just, I feel like that would be the thing that nobody would expect to happen. Um, but I can also see them both leaving. I mean, if you have the opportunity, you should take it that would kind of sub for the team and for us to, to cover. Maybe they, they won't be as good uh, next year without the two of them. But um, to have one of them back would be, uh, you know, great for the Illini. But I think it would just be interesting if Iowa State and, and Kofi was out of here. Because Kofi, he kind of gave his farewell. He, you know, he posted on, on Instagram. He, he thanked his family, his friends, the fans, the coaches. Uh, it seemed like he was out of here and we've yet to hear, um, from IO. So if we're just going off, you know, with what we have today and the facts that we know right now, that could be possible.
0: I think you both dodged the question completely, which is <laughs> I, <was just> <laughs> I answered it. Uh, Craig, Craig answered it at the end after a little bit of, uh, but that's like, why I asked you what you think. I think that Io I'm, leaves I'm and Kofi comes back.
1: With the facts that I have currently, right now, with the tools that I'm giving, the oh, okay. clues that I have, that's where my is at. So right now, I'm saying with with what we know, Kofi is leaving and Io staying because Io has yet to say anything, and Kofi basically said "Sayonara." So.
0: <laughs> and and I agree in parts with both of you. I think I I think Io goes and Kofi comes back. I don't think he's gonna get the feedback he wants to hear and I think IO will and someone will be more likely to take a chance on IO in the second round. All right, we've heard some different athletes at Illinois announce that they are coming back next season. Two golfers in Michael Fegels and Giovanni Tadioto both said this week that they do plan to come back for a senior season. Craig, you saw a report that Wisconsin is not allowing its seniors to come back next year. And it's up to the school. The NCAA approved that they would allow seniors to come back and allow the scholarship limits to go over. But, Craig, you saw that Wisconsin is not. This is an interesting dynamic, and it's up to the schools. And I feel pretty good that Illinois is allowing this.
2: Yeah, I was trying to look up the article or who said uh, Barry Alvarez stuff. But um, yeah, Barry Alvarez is a Wisconsin AD, and I saw a report, I think it was yesterday, that they said that the Wisconsin is not allowing their spring sport athletes to take advantage of this extra year of eligibility, which is completely just, I can't believe that. Um, I also saw someone reply or quote tweet that tweet that asking if their decision would be different for Barry Alvarez if it was the fall sports that were affected and his beloved football program lost year of eligibility. But uh, I digress from that. Um, I think it's the first two of a handful of seniors that could come back. Um, I don't think it's going to be as many as a lot of people expect. Every senior is not going to take advantage of this. I know Dan Hartlib. On the uh, teleconference last week, I think, last Friday, he said he expects a handful, so four or five of his players, not all of his players. Um, but for the men's golf team, I mean, they are going to be stacked. I mean, this year was supposed to be their year because Fegels was a senior, Tadioto was a senior. They got a really, really good freshman, Jerry G, coming in. He was second in stroke average behind before their postseason, or before their season got canceled. So... I think everyone's back. Baumgartner, Baumgartner, he hasn't made a decision, right? I have not seen anything from him, no. though. Yeah, and he was a senior. So that that would be the only guy that they could lose, but, uh, lose. Other than that, everyone's back. So men's golf should be loaded again next year, and I expect within the next week or two we start seeing some of those baseball, softball, potentially some tennis players uh, announce that they're coming back.
1: And I think it kind of depends on the sport, too. I feel like the golfers are really in a position where like getting an extra year isn't going to hurt them. I mean, people have golf careers well into, into their forties. So it's not like, you know, these kids are, are 20, 21 years old and like they need to start their, their professional careers. Now they might as well should, should come back get a master's and whatever maybe may be, get some extra experience before going on and, and being successful. But you know, Baseball is where I think it might start to be um, just a little more tricky. Tennis, even um, when the prime of, of their professional career wouldn't start, would be kind of a couple years out of college and then they're done. So I think as far as baseball, um, I wouldn't really even be expecting a lot of the seniors uh, to come back if they really did have, have a chance at, at the draft. But then again, you know, these are uncertain times. Will there, Will the draft be postponed? All these kind of different things. So it's it's hard to say. But I I'm just kind of on the stance of you know it it depends on the sport. Uh, But then there's kind of the the issue of okay if seniors are returning, what does this do for the incoming freshman class who maybe thought that you know they were gonna get some some playing time and you know here's the the starting pitcher returning for another year and and this freshman wanted to come in and kind of take that role. So um, as far as that sense, it it definitely complicates things. But um, I know when I was talking to to Dan Hartlib, like immediately after uh, the season got canceled, he said that uh, he's like, this is, this is how I want my, my recruits to be like, I want them to to come in and feel like they're not guaranteed a spot. I want them to be competing for a spot always. Um, So I think, I, I really like that perspective as a coach. That okay, even if you were, you know, expecting this player to be gone, doesn't matter. You got to compete for, for your starting role, um, no matter what.
0: I think the coaches will love it as long as they can figure it out, scholarship wise, for that exact reason, Marley. Because they want the competition. They want their program floor to be raised. They want that, you know, feeling that nobody's spot is safe. You know that they're able to come in and and get better because of that. Look, for the player, I think it's maybe not the best thing, but the the cream rises to the top every single year. And, you know, you're either good enough or you're not. And that'll all figure itself out in one way or another. It's just an interesting time. And, you know, I'm not going to fault a kid either for wanting to go and start his life. You know, I mean, how does Alex uh, Kovacevic, right? Is that how we said it? (laughs) I always stumble on that still. We wanted to call him Kovacevic for years. Kovacevic. You know, if he wants to go start his professional tennis career, then go do it. If you don't, you know, and if certainly if you're not a next level player and a pro and you have an internship or something or you have a job lined up, no one's going to blame you for starting that, going and making some money in a professional career either. I I just, I I don't know. And I I think like you kind of mentioned, Craig. Most fans assume that like oh, you got another year, you're just gonna come back. that's great, you know don't you want to prolong this college career and this dream of playing sports and I'd love to be doing that blah, blah blah when it's just way more complicated than that. I would guess here today that the number would be less than fifty percent of the players come back. Do you, you feel that's too low? No, I, go ahead
2: Marley no I,
1: I think that's a fair number. I think you know when you're you're going into college, you're expecting to get four or five years you know let's say you have a red shirt season or whatever it may be so if I was in the position I think I would be fine you know just just closing the door and and closing that chapter on my life I mean college being a college athlete is 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 hard you know you're balancing um school on top of you know a job if you have one and and sports and and it it's, it takes a lot out of you. And I think people don't realize that. People just see, you know, the stuff that happens on the field. There's like, oh, yeah, they just, you know, go to practice and, you know, play play their games. But there is so much more that goes into being a college athlete, and it, it gets exhausting as time. So I really wouldn't blame anybody for, for wanting to leave and, and, you know, just close that door, even though it may have been, you know, an abrupt end to their season or, you know, maybe they didn't get to have the – The senior year that that they were expecting but uh, you know I think a lot of them will be happy to to move on you know maybe some of the players who who had a redshirt season they're older you know they're kind of like they're tired of of the college lifestyle so um, I wouldn't expect too many to to come back
2: yeah I've been looking up the Illinois rosters here over the last couple minutes while you've been talking about this and there were only five baseball seniors, two softball seniors, four men's tennis seniors, one women's tennis senior, and then three men's golfers, um, and then just a couple women's golfers. So overall, honestly, there aren't that there weren't that many seniors for these spring sport programs. Uh, women's golf had one senior, so. Again, I I don't think very many of them are going to take the opportunity. Uh, Brett's 50% question, probably less. Yeah, I would say probably less um, just because all their careers are ready to get started. Um, Some of them probably have a degree, multiple. They probably all have a degree, some multiple degrees. So they're probably ready to get out in the real world and and start making some money and start living their life. So, uh, yeah, I would say uh, less then most people expect will come back.
0: And you have track in there too, Craig, but the track scholarship are so few and far between that do these athletes want to pay their way to come back again? You know, maybe they're only getting a tenth percent or maybe they're only getting books or, you know, there's a lot of those out there, especially in track where the scholarships are just not there. That to me is the biggest thing out of all of this is if you're not on a full ride, which most spring sport athletes are not, especially the, the men's sports. Are you willing to pay more in the college in this uncertain time where you don't know what's going to happen with the economy or whatever else and invest more money in your education for some that may be yes. But for a lot of people, I just, I don't think that's going to be the case.
2: Yeah. And that's something that NCAA said was you can make your scholarship can equal to what you were getting the previous year or it can go down. So If Illinois doesn't have enough to cover the extra scholarships that these are creating, then you might get less than you had got your senior, junior, sophomore, freshman year. So a lot to take into account before you make that decision.
0: And the schools are going to be on the hook for a lot of this. The schools are already losing money because of no NCAA tournament, no Big Ten tournament, the revenue sharing, and all of that. Illinois is going to lose money, in a sense, on this. Or maybe they'll break even. Look, I don't think they're going to break even. They may be closer because they – they're not having to pay travel on, you know, the spring sports, you know. And they're, they're look, I think all spring sports lose money to begin with, right? I mean, maybe Illinois would have made some money on the Big Ten tournament this year in Gate. I'm not sure how that revenue sharing works. That's a lost opportunity, and, and hopefully they'll be able to get that back next year. But I think overall, all the spring sports lose money for Illinois. And as do most sports, I mean, football and men's basketball, really the only two sports that have the potential to make any kind of decent money uh, for the university, but interesting times in it all. And there's a lot to be determined in the next six to 12 weeks. I mean, if we fast forward here, let's just say three months from now, what does our world look like? Number one, and most importantly for the public health for everyone trying to navigate their way through this new normal of of what this has been in social distancing and isolating and all of that. But number two, and what were affects us directly working in sports is what do sports look like and how do we implement sports coming back? You know, will football be delayed in the fall? I don't think anybody wants that, but what's your best guess, Craig on. And once again, we don't have any answers here, but three months from now, are we still in this same kind of holding pattern, or where where do you think sports will be at?
2: Um, I don't. I wouldn't say we're in the same holding pattern. Um, I think we'll have started to come out of it. Um, I don't think we see fans in the stands until this is, if not, fully fixed, pretty close to being fixed. Um, I think we're going to try and keep fans away from we're going to try. I think we should try and keep people away from each other as much as possible until we know a way that we can control this COVID-19. I saw a report just yesterday. It's a small sample size. I think they only pulled about 800 people, but more than 70% of those people said that they would not attend a sporting event until there was a cure found for this disease. So I think we could see a lot of empty stadiums. Um, Maybe if sports pick back up, um, a lot of empty stadiums on TV if we were to watch a televised baseball game. I know the MLB has come out. and They haven't come out, but there have been reports come out about some of the ideas they're throwing around, like having all 30 teams in Arizona um, under quarantine unless they're playing a game. And then today a report that they could split up the division to do some realignment and have basically have your spring training leagues be the leagues for the season Um, So, which I saw Michael Finke tweet that we could see a Cubs-Cardinals World Series if that were to happen because one would be in Arizona, one would be in Florida Um, but I think everyone's just trying to figure out the best way to get sports back because the country needs something right now and if sports can come back in a safe way I think that could bring a lot of people's spirits up no.
1: But I think where we are right now, um, you know, things are still very fresh. We were just recently put under this stay at home order and they, you know, we were supposed to be, be out of it by now, um, but then they, they moved it back to, to April 30 or May 1st or whatever it may be. So I think this is almost, you know, the sports way or the government's way of like slowly easing us. Um, into this new normal that we're experiencing. You know, let's say a couple months ago, if they were like, oh yeah, you guys are going to be under lockdown for four months. I think just these little stepping stones like, okay, another month, another month, another month, which is, I think, what we might start to see with uh, sports. And and I'll be really interested to see how fall sports fit into this because how far can they really – postpone the fall sports season i mean especially football are they going to be playing in february i mean well i guess the nfl plays in february i was more concerned about us like having to shoot a football game in like negative 15 degrees but okay then think about it okay these fall sports get get pushed back and they're playing you know the last game of the season in february then what does that mean for their spring season then what does it mean for the following season are they going to turn around like come like take a month off and then come right back in for spring ball. I think there it's just like a domino effect and I think Really, it's kind of in the hands of almost the the NBA and the MLB and almost like the European, uh, you know, soccer leagues to see what they do because Europe is is in this situation as well. I know they're kind of like two weeks ahead of us, so maybe once we see uh, some of the sports over there resume, uh, the United States will will kind of follow suit, and I think that's what will happen with you know some of the the pro organizations here in the states and. And what will happen with them will ultimately decide what's going to happen for, you know, college and, and high school and, and all that. So I think there could be, though, a possibility of, you know, the high school sports um, resuming earlier than college sports just because they are on uh, a smaller scale, um, you know, less people are at the game. So uh, it's just kind of all up in the air right now. And I think we won't really know more until the summer is my guess.
0: Which is why I put three months from now, and that puts us into July and and figuring out what the fall might look like. And they're going to have to figure out contingency plans well before July. But even in July, and this is just me foreshadowing what might be to come, I don't know if I want to go to a game. Do you feel safe going to a game if there's no vaccine or if the vaccine hasn't been widely distributed? And how long is it going to take to distribute a vaccine once we get a vaccine and how long that might be until that becomes readily available. There's just so many questions right now. I'm not sure that I would feel comfortable if I'm just a fan going to a game at Memorial Stadium on September the 4th, I believe is the first game against Illinois State, right? I mean, Craig, would you feel comfortable as a fan going into that if the vaccine hadn't been widely distributed yet?
2: Um, maybe, I don't know if I necessarily need a vaccine to be distributed, but... I would need to see numbers of cases or I would need to see the numbers of everything go dramatically down for sure. Uh, Maybe not necessarily a vaccine or a cure for me, but I would definitely need to see a lot of improvement that uh, we have this under control before I go. And even if I did go, I wouldn't, I would try and sit as far away from other people as I could probably.
1: Yeah. And maybe we could see that is that they, you know, only sell seats that are, Ten feet apart. Um, I kind of take the stance on this whole thing is like I do what I can to to protect myself and you know I wash my hands and all that. But you can you can never control what somebody else is doing, and I think that's why we've seen just so much of a, a rapid spread and why they're you know trying to do all these things to to flatten the curve is because like you never know who somebody else is is hanging out with, what they're touching, what they're breathing, um, and I think that's that's scary in the sense of you know thousands and thousands of people in a stadium um i i don't see how that um, can can be safe when this is is such a, a fresh uh situation
0: and the reality is guys you're gonna have some people that just don't care that their tailgate at yeah. memorial stadium is more important to them than whatever else because that's the world that we live in today and there's going to be people mad and you know, upset that that it's going to look different. And that's one thing that I do know out of all of this is that whenever sports resume and whenever fans are back in the stands, I think it's going to look a lot different in terms of, you know, the sanitation or different elements of reminding people to wash your hands or, you know, things on the video board reminding you to, uh, you know, clean up after yourself. I don't know, whatever that may be, people wearing masks in the stands. I, I think there's just so many things that are going to play into it but i do have a, a strong sense that there's going to be some elements that look different whenever sports uh, do come back all right we're coming up on 50 minutes here guys uh i i think for us we haven't been around each other in a while in the sports department we're just like talking <laughs> we just get a sense to, a chance to talk which we haven't been able to do yeah. we've, we've all been isolated a little bit so it's kind of nice to just talk to support talk sports with somebody and you know, I had that with my neighbor the other day who we had a conversation, social distancing. Of course, we were out raking leaves in the yard and, and he, he was just so excited to be able to talk sports for a couple of minutes that we ended up chatting for about 30 minutes.
1: Yeah, it's nice to, even though you guys aren't, you know, <laughs> like physically here, um, it's, it's good to get the gig back together,
0: guys. <laughs> Craig, how you doing? All right. You know, you're working a couple days from home. You said uh, getting out for some walks. You're kind of in a bad mood. Things brightening up a little bit now that we've been able to talk some sports.
2: Yeah, I've been better. I got a deal from Buffalo Wild Wings: forty wings and fries for twenty five bucks. So
0: whoa!
2: Better mood today.
0: (laughs) Is this for tonight, or did you already down all that?
2: I ate about half tonight between the two of us.
0: All right, there you go. Good stuff. That's a pretty good deal.
2: Yeah, well, it's actually thirty five, but we had a ten dollar coupon to take ten extra dollars off of that. So, okay. <laughs> yeah,
0: yeah, that sounds delicious right now, and a great way to cure some social distancing blues with some B dubs. That's for sure. Yeah. If they want to sponsor this program, I'd be all right with that too. If we can get some <laughs> of that. Oh yeah,
2: not a free. Is that a plug? Do I get paid for that?
0: I, you tell me. If if you are, I need to talk with you about how you're working this out here. Because uh, I, I want to get in on that. All right, anything else on your guys' mind?
1: <sighs> I just, I miss sports, guys. It's. struggle is do real. Podcast, I kind of like think about it again because the weeks are, are kind of busy, you know? We're like getting these interviews and whatever, and I'm almost blind to it. And then we stay here on the podcast, and Brett asks the questions like, what are we going to do in three months? And I'm like, oh,
0: my, I don't know. <laughs> Three months, can we make it three days from now? You know, that's not going to happen. Oh, man. Enjoy those Masters replays. (laughs) That's about all we can say a lot of times. hmm. All right. Well, we'll figure it out. We'll do this again next week. Thanks so much for tuning in to the WCIA 3-in-1 podcast. It's been fun. For Craig Schote and Marley Weirda, I'm Brett Behrens. Until next time, enjoy those wings, Craig. <laughs> from Augusta, Craig Schott on the 12th hole. From Miami Beach in Florida, Marley Weirda. I'm Brett from the studio. <laughs>